Hi, welcome to White Hat versus Black Hat SEO show. My name is Josh Bashinsky, and today I have with me my Black Hat co-host, Clint Bam Bam Butler. That's my favorite one, Clint Bam Bam Butler. <laughs> Say hi, Clint. Hi, everybody. <laughs> now, I forgot to mute myself. Ah, there it is. <laughs> I knew it was coming. Ah, there we go. Okay, fine. So it's kind of, uh, it's good luck. If it's bad luck if I mute myself, it's good luck if I don't. So if you've never seen the show before, we are the best SEO show on YouTube. Um, that's probably because there's not that many SEO shows on YouTube, but we're still the best SEO show on YouTube because we use single variable experiments. We use Quora software, which analyzes a thousand sites with 500 factors. We have more science-based kind of processes as opposed to our competitors, which if I can badmouth my competitors for a little while, because I'm in a bad mood today, Clint will attest to that. I'm just complaining before the show. They don't use science-based methods. They make wild guesses. They sell these wild guesses for $10,000 and rip people off. And it makes me crabby like that. So, <laughs> okay, uh, end, end tag, bad mouthing, close tag. There we go. <laughs> So, oh, there's the competitors now. They're calling in. What is Josh saying? Josh, that bastard. How dare Josh talk bad about me? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll, oh, I dare. It's probably just another I'll, call I'll talk about about Google. Google listings expired. <laughs> so today, folks, if you've never seen the show before, that's what we're about. We're all about giving you free, no BS, no sales SEO information uh, and that uh, you can use. If you have any more SEO questions, you can email us, and we do consulting for a living. Maybe we can do something there. But... And we are also joined today, it looks like, apparently, by Ted Kubitis, <laughs> who I always send the link to, and sometimes he joins, sometimes he doesn't. So how are you doing, Ted? Do you have a microphone? Uh, yep. Can you hear me? Yes, we can. Excellent. You're coming through fine. I might so, actually pay attention to Ted today. We were on a webinar the other day, and he was going on and on, and I was like, oh, I've already heard this before. Let me look at this. And then next thing you know, out of the blue, so what do you think about that, Clint? And I was like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> that's why you have to pay attention on these kinds of shows <laughs> so thanks for joining there ted so today folks it's a grab bag it's totally up to you this is the reason why you want to join the show live if at all possible if you want information on how to do that subscribe to my youtube channel and or follow me on twitter at josh bashinsky i will always update you when we go live it's usually wednesdays at around 1 p.m pacific most wednesdays will do this uh, I apologize for people on my channel. I've already released two videos this week because I've just been video crazy. But because of that, today is a grab bag show. So it's totally up to the people listening who what they want to do. We can do a site clinic where we look at your sites and give you SEO tips and knowledge. Ted's here. Maybe he'd be nice enough to share some Quora knowledge for your sites. Run your site through Quora and tell you and your keywords through Quora and tell you maybe some stuff there you need to do if he feels like it. I don't know. I'm putting Ted on the spot. Three, a lot of people last week really liked the uh, the uh, niches that I went into. I have a kind of a special method I use to find highly lucrative niches that you can make a lot of money online with, both products and services. And I have kind of my own method I use to do this because, quite frankly, there's just not a lot of programs that do it for you anymore. Uh, that, that I was talking with Holly earlier. She's like, she doesn't even know of any. You know, it, it's really hard to find niches to get into. And you know you can join, you can go to the, to the affiliate conferences and and get really drunk and go to strip clubs and hang out with those guys. And if, if that hasn't sold you, I don't know what will. <laughs> but you know, and be friends and just ask them what what are the new hot niches. And if you're friends with them, they might tell you. But other than being in that insider kind of space, there's really not a lot of good ways of finding niches. Well, I have a solution to that. I can find good niches, and I'm willing to start sharing now. I'm thinking of maybe selling niches or having like a monthly subscription for niches. So that's down the road, though. So until that time, if you want, today we can do a site clinic. We can answer your SEO questions, put them in the chat. If you're watching on YouTube, it should be at the top right-hand side. Uh, and also, if you want, just say in the chat, we want to see the niches. I can go through a little tutorial of how I get the niches out of SEMrush, how I play with the data in SEMrush, and then how I tweak it and use my little tricks to find better niches, and then how I pull it into Excel and how I manipulate it in Excel and get really nerdy with Excel formulas and how I how I tailor the data to really have very easily just scream off the page and show you what the best niches are so you don't have to go through 10,000 niches you just have to sort maybe 20 and you can find good niches really really quick so what interests you a site clinic SEO questions a niche tutorial up in the chat you guys tell me what you're thinking and while I'm looking at the chat Ted uh, Clint let us know uh, what's new in SEO this week and how things are going for you 
Uh, things are going pretty good. I think the hot topics right now is that latest update. What did it do? Nobody knows. Um, and then uh, indexing. A lot of people are having issues with indexing. All the tools that used to be getting you know, 60 70% of the indexing rate are no longer. Uh, Google Site Submit is slowed down. Like It takes a week now to use that thing. Um, so we're trying to figure out the best way to get our backlinks at least crawled and indexed once so that Google knows they're there and we get credit for them. Uh, but that's what I've been working on this week. Sweet. Yeah, no, I've been hearing that a lot as well. Uh uh, apparently, a little little tip from SIA, from Kyle from SIA, he claims that he's been doing some empirical testing, and what's working the best for him right now is video sitemaps. So video sitemaps apparently are still being crawled and indexed pretty quick, and you don't have to put videos in video sitemaps. It could be any URL. Yeah, that's, that method was working for a while, and then a lot of people claimed it dead, and then, then Kyle tested again, obviously. So... Uh, we'll see how long that stays. But, you know, as is, we talked in the SA during that webinar the other day, uh, Ted and Bill, I can't even pronounce his last name. Uh, Hartzer. Yeah, Bill Hartzer. It's <clears throat> what used to be old and dead is now new again. Uh, so <laughs> It's revived. <laughs> yeah, so maybe that's why uh, that video site Mac came back and started working. Oh. That'd be good, I think. Oh, there's Holly. Everyone, don't talk about your niches. Holly's here now. <laughs> no, no, Holly and I have been talking about these niches, actually. We're thinking of maybe doing some kind of partnership, and, and she's got big email lists. So I got niches. She's got email lists. We're going to see how that, that'll go. But hi, Holly. I didn't know you are joining today. Thanks. Thanks. You're always welcome. Thanks for joining. Yeah, I had some extra time. I don't have to pick up the kids today. Yeah. Oh, okay. Sweet. Fantastic. So if you have today, I, just so you know what we're doing for the show, I said we could do a site clinic or we can answer SEO questions, or I can kind of do a tutorial on how I find niches in SEMrush and how I play with the data there and some more advanced SEMrush stuff and how I pull into Excel and how I play with the data there. And so I think what we're going to do, I'm looking at the um, chat here, and somebody did ask you know, some for some more information about how to find niches. So this is what we'll do. I'll start a tutorial on how I would find niches. And then uh, we can pause and Clint and or Ted, if you want to go through the questions and answer them as we go, maybe maybe that would be a good way to structure the show. What do you guys think? Okay, sounds good. Just so the questions aren't left to the end, so there's like a, too many questions to answer. And uh, I think that'd be a pretty th good thing. So before I do that, guys, I want to know um, what niches do you want me to look at? Do you have any? Is there any niches you're interested in? Is there any? Fields you're interested in? Is there any? Can you narrow my search in any way uh, yep. for how I can find? Do you, you want to do product niches? Do you want to do? Do you do want to do uh, service-based niches? Niches? What What are you more interested in? Let me know. Before we do that, uh, someone in the chat is claiming that Holly has a uh, backdoor for indexing. Yes, Blake Webster has said that. Now we're going to put Holly on the spot. Blake is saying. <laughs> Yeah, there's a backdoor that uh, when they closed it with Google uh, URL submit, um, it only took it took me three days to find the backdoor, but they keep moving it. But there's a backdoor open. Uh, I'm obviously not gonna say where the backdoor is, but there is a. I, I the, I'm not. The problem with the backdoor is that they keep moving it, and. I think if it's too exposed, then they shut the, that door down, and then you have to find it again. Yep. So it's been a little bit difficult to keep it going. Yeah, so you can email me if you have questions about that. I can get in touch with Holly, or you can email Holly. If she wants to give her email out, I'm not really sure. Uh, uh, either way is fine by me. Uh, but we do have to keep some stuff under wraps. I, I did notice that Google really is getting uh, very selective about what they're going to index and how they're going to index it. Um, uh, anything that I submit to Google, even my crappy test pages, which are complete spun garbage, if I go into Search Console, I can get them spidered immediately, indexed immediately, under my account. And if I go, if I if I Google uh, submit URL to Google, and it gives me the little box right in the SERP, anything I put in there gets indexed more or less immediately. Even crappy Web 2.0 backlink pages and stuff like that. But I I think. I suspect, and you guys tell me what you think about this hypothesis. I, sus I suspect Google has an SEO kind of rating if you're white hat and well-received 
or if you're more black hat and more more of that kind of ilk, I think they're actually tracking people because I can't imagine why my account would do well for these things, but other people's accounts don't. Or maybe because I've had my account for my, my Google account for like over 10 years. Maybe that's the reason why. What do you guys think about that hypothesis? Do you think it's true or more conspiracy theory? Uh, well, I think because of manual review that yes, there is a way to annotate notes, mm -hmm. uh, the history of what's transpired. But I think those fields are probably largely empty overall. So probably barring manual review, I, I would doubt that they're using the algorithm to populate. Yeah, I mean, that's getting pretty uh, 1984, pretty big brother. If they're like, <laughs> if they have like entity annotations in our entity, Josh Bashinsky, white hat accepted right now, as soon as my movie comes out, that'll probably, that'll be the test, right? <laughs> if my movie comes out and I can't get indexing done anymore, <laughs> then, then it's like, well, maybe that's well, true. I don't know. And uh, uh, imagine the collateral damage to Google's own data. Like, you know, if WordPress did something that triggered the algorithm and then everybody got flagged and then, mm -hmm. you know. So I, I doubt that they would put something that volatile into play. Or so if it ever got leaked. Yeah, it's probably all manual review stuff, but there probably are data fields. For me, I don't know about uh, Clinton, Holly, you guys, but for me, when I'm doing a manual review, I've always put my full name, contact information and phone and saying, you know, I'm I'm the white hat SEO. I always make up a story like I'm the white hat SEO. They had a black hat SEO. That's not always a story. Actually, it's usually true. Uh, they had another SEO. I'm the white hat SEO. You, I'm going to clean all this up. Here's my name, phone number. Call me if there's any problems. And you do that kind of upstanding thing. I usually get my, it seems to me, that's anecdotal, but it seems to me my manual actions are dealt with usually pretty pretty quick. What, what do you guys think about that? Do you yeah, I think take the time to write those out well, and they'll respond to them pretty quick. And yeah. You don't even have to make it up. Hey, I bought some links on Fiverr. I thought this was going to work, and it didn't. Oops, can you fix it? You know, yeah. Uh, this is what I did. Uh, I do that for the clients too. They got them up from Fiverr. I like to blame Fiverr because that's typically where most people get them anyway. So, right, Fiverr is, is a standard. They bought them on Fiverr. So there's some provided. Yeah. And everyone at Google is going to hate Fiverr. So just mention Fiverr. Ah, <laughs> oh, I, I hate those guys. Yeah. I hate those guys. Yes, it must be them. So, mm -hmm. yeah. So that you know, as long as you take the time and write out a good response to those reconsideration requests you get a good response back for them and it's pretty timely uh, if you try to short ball it hey i disavowed my links can you lift my penalty then they're gonna play fuck fuck game with you for six months so yes <laughs> yes it's like dealing with with the irs or, or any other police being polite goes a long way <laughs> being professional <laughs> exactly okay all right fantastic well let's see what else we got here <laughs> Uh, Ken wants to know the basic process that I use to find niches, so I'll get to that in a second. Uh, Deidre asks, do internal links using anchors in the menu or sidebars count as much as links in content? Nope. Uh, what'd you say there, Clint? Nope. Uh, footer links have uh, uh, value, and Ted can talk more to that if he wants to, but he's been doing some testing with stuff with me and killing it with just pure site-wide footers. Uh, but in content has always had more value than the menus and the sidebars, and that's been tested over and over and over again. Yeah, I used exact match footer links on Clint's websites, and it appeared to work to a certain extent or for a certain amount of time. And then, correct me if I'm wrong, Clint, it seemed to stop working for you. Yeah, it settled down, then you remove them, and actually I get another boost after you remove them. So you got boosted again because <laughs> yep. I took those exact same footer links. I applied them to another client's website and they went from number eight to number four. Yeah. <laughs> so something weird's going on. They do still work, but maybe Google's in the process of trying to combat them. Yeah, maybe. Or if you have too many of them or too many spammy links. Well, he, yeah, we didn't we didn't take it easy. I think he did one site, and then after that, it was like fifteen. So no, I I did uh, thirty sites. Uh, that the sites were all about twenty five hundred pages, so it was a lot of backlinks. So yeah, all at one. It time. was overkill for sure. <laughs> I I imagine if we did it smarter, we I, we probably would have saw more consistent results. Yeah, and I think that's why when he removed them, and they're like, oh, okay, so. 
that's just a guess, though. Yeah, yeah. maybe if we did five instead of 30 sites. Yeah. Uh, to go back to what Google says, John Mueller says that you can have uh, footer links just if you have too many of them and they're too exact match, then they will lose their value or not be counted, quote unquote. Yeah, well, they were counted and they were exact match. <laughs> <laughs> so if you go over a certain amount, maybe then they won't be counted anymore or something like yeah, that. Maybe. Okay, let's see what else here. So um, James says he wants to see the lead, uh, my lead generation stuff I'm doing on legal and real estate uh okay and phineas says uh for local service area and business niches so i think i can do something like that so um when it comes to trying to find niches the, the technique that i have is i use SEMrush first you could use google adwords keyword planner i guess it's not working as well for me lately i, I think you have to have running active campaigns for it to spit out reliable kind of keyword data and it's not going to give you any SEO competition information or, or or stuff like that. So I like to use SEMrush. So I'm just going to share my screen and kind of maybe try and see what I can cobble together here. Uh, total total um, uh, uh, off the cuff kind of uh, thing I'm doing here. So you know when you're doing a live demo, especially when it's off the cuff, it's maybe not a good idea. But we'll see. So. I don't know what he meant by a law of real estate. Like, if you're just trying to find general niches, like, let's so. Do, um, I'll make it specific so you're not kind of guessing. Let's go real estate investor in Las Vegas. Real estate investor in Las Vegas. Okay. Real estate investor in Las Vegas. So the first thing I would do is I would check. I would I would try and get a big legal website, uh, like Find Law, for example. If that was the niche, if law was the niche I wanted to go into. I want to just check in SEMrush in general what positions they're ranking for, and it's information. It's it's interesting doing uh, research like this. You see, fine law has been going up over time. That's very interesting over the two, over two years, uh, and then you see they got you know uh, they have over three million uh, organic search positions, and so this is going to be uh, uh, a really good uh, resource for keywords. And see, uh, the thing is, the key is. I don't care what fine law is ranking for. I want to know what law or legal related keywords, how much money they make, what their volume is, that kind of a thing. So I'm kind of using like a parasite site. You just think like if you wanted to do products, you might look at amazon.com, for example. Or if you wanted to do services, you might look at youtube.com, for example. And so what I can do here is I can start looking at the keywords and see, uh, you know, uh oh, <laughs> you can start to see the kind of stuff that's ranking here. Now, um, uh, for so for for uh, for Clint's example there, uh, if, if I wanted to focus on real estate, I could do that as a filter. So now we real estate law. Yeah. <clears throat> so now it's going to just give me real estate based queries, and I have thirty nine thousand of those, right? And let's say I'm like, okay. I only want the uh, ones that are, I don't want ones that are are zero dollars. I don't want I don't want the, the the low cost or the no money keywords, right? I want the click the I want someone to actually be paying to rank for these or paying to uh, to to get money for these. So I'm going to say, okay, exclude CPC less than say uh, ten bucks. Yeah, I can apply that, and then I'm just going to get the more lucrative niches. Because at a time, unless you want to pay SEM Rush money, they'll only let you download 10,000. So, okay, that's great. Now we have CPC a little higher. And let's say, let's do another one. Let's say I want to, they have a uh, built-in keyword difficulty uh, metric. This one right here, keyword difficulty. Let's say I want to exclude any uh, keyword difficulty which is greater than 60. I want only the low-hanging fruit. I just want the easy-to-rank-for keywords. And so that's very sweet. So you can you can break that down. Now, don't be surprised if you have hardly any keywords left. But it looks like we do. Look at that. There's still 8,000 or so. So then I go, okay, okay. How accurate are you finding that K, the KD metric? <clears throat> Sorry? The keyword difficulty, how accurate is that for you? That's a great question. Um, so I've checked it out, and uh, keyword uh, difficulty around 60 is kind of like uh, PA around 50, DA around 50. Mm -hmm. So I've, I've looked at it, and I mean, I will go for niches that are over 60 keyword difficulty as far as SEMrush is concerned. Yeah. 
because there are certain ways you you know you can beat sites. There's all kinds of tricks, as you well know. Uh, it's not just all about links per se. Like maybe I have a really good social game for this or whatever. But if I just want to narrow down the noise of what to look at, that's that's how that's the first way I would do it. Okay. You're absolutely right. If uh, when I'm really being serious and looking for niches, I will let any keyword difficulty go in because I will manually look to see how hard it is. Right. If I see a niche that is high traffic, high CPC, you know, uh, really hot per year, and I find like like good ten affiliate programs for it that pay good commissions that look legit. I'll be like, I don't care how hard it is. I want to be in this niche anyway. Yeah. SC Cockpit has something similar, and I do the process that you're going through here. I do the same thing in SC Cockpit. And that one is pretty spot on. Once you know the power of your site, you can quickly judge where that, that number is for you. Yeah. Uh, and SC Cockpit is set up with the, you know, the red, green, amber uh, color scheme, too, on top of the KD. Uh, so that's you know real handy if you guys want to invest in that one. Yeah, that's a different way of doing it. I don't know the price, uh, what the prices are for like SEMrush versus SE Cockpit. Four fifty a year for SE Cockpit is what I'm paying. Okay, so that's definitely cheaper than SEMrush. Yeah, for sure. Um, I of course I'm just using SEMrush because I use it for all my other SEO as well, right? I mean, it's. No, no, it's, no, no. I'm just saying that it's an option in case you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, for sure. For sure. It's an option. I just happen to have SEMrush because I use it for all the other SEO that I'm doing. So I might as well repurpose SEMrush to be able to find niches too. <laughs> to get more bang for my buck. Okay. So we're back here. So I've only got uh, the niches that have a higher a cost per click in AdWords higher than 10 according to SEMrush. Now, again, if you check these numbers to AdWords, they're going to be slightly off, but they're never completely off. And I've got ones uh, that, are, that are easier than 60. In terms of keyword difficulty so now what i want to do is i want to go export i want to save it oh it's only gonna it's gonna bring down the eight thousand different niches here so that's coming down here and then perfect do you ever do you ever add traffic volume when you're doing this i can yeah i can i don't like to, to tell you the truth i don't like to give sem rush too many um, parameters because I, good Tyler's not here so I can say this it sometimes messes up if I give it too many parameters of, of, of exclusions and inclusions mm -hmm. I, I only go for three really and if you keep playing with it then it starts not being able to give you data back sorry Tyler <laughs> <laughs> I have emailed him and said hey you know like but I'm hammering this tool with like a hundred million I, I'm, I'm like looking for what Google's ranking for like I want uh, you notice I made some more videos recently so how did I decide what what keywords to hit I, I see. I went. To, I checked to see what YouTube was ranking for, and I checked to see what Google was ranking for, and then I broke it down to ranking algorithm, Google search, and I started to see the most lucrative SEO keywords, and then I started to check my SEO, my competition in YouTube, and that's how I know what videos I'm going to make to hit SEO keywords. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, and for local, I ignore the volume, the search volume, because typically it's always wrong. Yeah, uh, and then for informational searches and for uh, more of the broader terms and I actually look at volume more so right and and it doesn't it might not matter if you want to rank a real estate uh, website in San Antonio you don't care what the competition is you got to rank a real estate website in San Antonio right yeah, exactly so it doesn't matter when I'm cherry-picking niches from a 10,000 foot perspective then I care about the traffic because you know if it's 10,000 visitors at 10 cents a click that's gonna be more than then even a hundred dollars a click had only ten visitors, so that that algorithm is going to work out. Yeah. Well, a person doing this process that you're doing in local would be looking to create a paper lead site. Yeah. Uh, so that would be some, that would probably be valuable is to look at your search volume in the area and then ignore it completely. And if you want to know for a fact, then either a build a site and see how much traffic you get, or run a PPC campaign. Exactly. Yeah. If you run the PPC in, in Google, then you can get more accurate keyword data out of there too. So what do I do once I pull into Excel? Okay, well, for those of you who have your glasses on, have your nerd glasses on, push them on your nose, and we can get into some really geeky Excel uh, 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 stuff here. So this is what I would do. I don't care where FindLaw is ranking for this necessarily. So I'm going to get rid of these positions here. Uh, I care about that. I care about that. I don't care about what what URL is ranking per se. I'll delete that. I'll delete the traffic competition. Um, uh, I don't necessarily always care about 
who's competing for this in AdWords. I'll get rid of the number of results and I'll get rid of the timestamp. I will keep the yearly trend, but here's the problem is you see the trend is a, a combination of floating point numbers. I need to convert this into something that can be easily, easily um, uh, uh, compared and sorted. So I don't know, Ted is a programming wizard. He might laugh at the way I'm about to do this because it might be an easier way. But what I would do is first off, I'm going to make a table out of this information. So you hide the whole thing and in Mac, you go command T and you make a table. That way I can sort ascending and descending and stuff like that. But this is not going to be super comparable. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to do uh, equals concatenate. I'm going to say I want to concatenate uh, uh, the plus symbol to start to make a formula plus this column. And that is going to just put a plus sign. It appends a plus sign at the beginning. And now, uh, oops, I didn't do this right. Now I've got to go down here and fill all these 8,000. Damn it all to hell. That's going to take a little while. <laughs> but oh well. You know, prep, if you're just trying to break those up into separate fields, you could probably just copy it into a text editor and replace the commas with tabs and then paste it right back in and they'll go into their own discrete fields. Yeah, you're right. I could, but I'm going to make a I'm going to make a whole I'm going to make a, a I'm I'm going to sum them is what I'm going to do. Oh, okay. So you're going to change the strings into a summation. Yeah, you got it. So now what I'm going to do, and now all I have to do here for is a control F. Oops. I want to go. Uh, first, I have to take this, paste this here. I want to uh, paste the values uh, only. Then I want to delete this. Because you know what might be easier then is uh, just replace the commas with pluses and yeah, yeah uh, that's, that's what I and an equals and then paste it back in. Uh, yeah, but yeah, yeah, I I knew I knew Ted. Stealing his thunder, Ted. God. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. You, you're right. There's a couple ways to do this. So I need to do this. I need to control that because right now it's also a different uh, character formatter, so it's not going to let me do it. So I need to go here. I need to go here. I do to do a search and replace. And replace this comma, which is not the normal comma, with a plus. Replace all. Okay. Close. Now, if this, I might have done this right. If I format the cells to be a number, then this formula should compute. Format to be a number. Okay, go. Or not. I'll paste it here. Values and number formatting. Uh, of course, I, when I do it as a live demo, now it's not going to work. Oh, you're talking about being a teacher. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's 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 what I need, right? I have no clue what you're doing anyway, so I I'm not one to talk. I'd be like, okay, I just deleted that column. Column. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, that's not what I need. Uh, wrong. I need, uh, oh, I totally messed it up. <laughs> no, I didn't need a plus sign there. I needed an equal. Ah, that's what I need. Okay. This is what I need. I need to go uh, equals concatenate. need to have an equal sign is what I need for a formula. Duh. And then do that. There we go. Then I need to fill all these. I only actually got 300 keywords out of... Um, SEM rush. That's that's the other thing that sometimes happens, is there's not as many keywords as you think. Then I need to go here. Need to go here. Do this and do this. Replace the comma with a plus. Replace all. Okay. Close. I need to go Control C, Control V. Now, if I format this as a number, then it should work, damn you. <laughs> and see, this is why I would have gave up and deleted the column. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay, never mind. This is not working live. This is what always happens when you work live. So I would normally be able to sort the trends in a uh, some kind of way uh, uh, in some, a number, uh, how hot it is per year. So. 
So we'll just ignore that for the moment. I don't necessarily need that for now. But so this is what I would do is I would make an SEO score of, of I would make the, uh, the raw SEO score of how good it basically is. And that I'm gonna take the search volume times the CPC times the competition. And that gives me a raw idea of how good these niches are and how competitive they are. And I would do an adjusted SEO score. That would be the search volume times the CPC uh, divided by the keyword difficulty. And this would tell me what is uh, going to be good to rank for, but is also not as difficult. And I put uh, conditional formatters and all these to make them nice and pretty to look at. What did you push to do that? Just the conditional, you don't have to select anything, the default? The uh, the conditional formatters to get make it orange? Yeah. Yeah, it's just, you just highlight, highlight the column, go to conditional formatting, go to data bars, and, and pick a gradient or a solid. Okay, it wasn't showing the drop down menu. Stupid Google doesn't want to show the Microsoft drop down menu. <laughs> No. Okay. So then, so if I do that and I descend on those, then what we should have is some of the easier, um, the easier uh, things to rank for, uh, but with the higher uh, Q, the higher search and the higher CPC. I could just do a raw SEO score as well, which will filter. It doesn't. It's not going to uh, include how difficult it might be to rank for, but it's going to include the most lucrative CPC. And the uh, uh, the highest uh, search volume, and not as much competition in terms of of AdWords. But AdWords, if there's more comp uh, competition in AdWords, again, is just another kind of metric that there's there's it's, there's money in this niche, more or less. You can't always trust that because if you're working in black hat niches where they don't allow you to bid in AdWords, like any kind of herbal pill niche or stuff like that. Then, then that you can't use the competition or or the CPC either because it's not going to be accurate. But for most niches, uh, any kind of real estate niche, for example, it is going to uh, there, there's going to be bidding in CPC. So you can also see really interesting stuff. So that that way I filter it on the raw score. And I see okay, so interesting real estate attorney New Jersey, real estate attorney Tampa, Vegas, Los Angeles. You can start to see uh, some interesting keywords here, depending on why you wanted to do this or what you wanted to look at. Um, the other one here, if you want to know what has the highest bidding, that's interesting to see as well. Uh, Miami seems to have the highest bidding at uh, 64 bucks a click. So that's also interesting as well. If you want to know, you know, if you want to get a kind of a general idea of what niche, uh, what area might have uh, more, more, uh, uh, has more money in in uh, in uh, real estate law. Uh, according to this, it would be Miami. Yeah, the homes there. I was talking to the agent there. She was looking for some SEO services, and she wanted to target the low end homes. And I was like, "Well, what's the pricing? Five hundred thousand to two million as low end homes in Miami. So there's money there." <laughs> no kidding, and that's so that makes perfect sense. <laughs> if you want to see what's easiest to rank for. In terms of real estate, uh, just general kind of, if you want, if you're trying to make a find law kind of uh, real estate directory to compete with them, you go ascending here, and it says, okay, so here's uh, according to SEMrush, the easiest stuff to rank for that also has the highest CPC. So commission advance for real estate agents. I can make this bigger, so it's not so hard to see. How's that? Is that better? Ooh. Yep. Commission advance for real estate agents, real estate closing software. Interesting. There could be some uh, some uh, affiliate uh, opportunities there. Real estate fraud attorney, Los Angeles. Again, you could find some clients there or maybe sell some leads. Real estate closing attorney, real estate lawyer, Vancouver, BC. Interesting. That's just across the water from me and more or less from Ted and from, uh, from uh, Clint as well. Uh, factoring real estate commissions, real estate attorney, Orange County, uh, errors and omissions. That's interesting. You could find some leads for that too. So this stuff should be all easier to rank for, uh, uh, theoretically speaking. 
So here's the uh, the highest, as so you can see, this one has the highest traffic. And again, with the data bars uh, set, you can it, it sticks out for your eye really quick. You can see uh, good uh, you can see uh, good niches that will pop out and kind of prop out from yourself. So this might uh, be a way that you might want to find some niches in a, in kind of a real estate area. Uh, and then you just have to use your imagination of how you would extend this to, to other kinds of areas. Like if you want to know general products, just think what, what is a big website that would be ranking for a lot of products? So maybe eBay, maybe Amazon, maybe Alibaba. I've done all Toys those. <laughs> I've combined those lists. Sorry, what was that? Toys R Us. <laughs> Toys R Us, sure. Yeah, if you want to go toys specifically or, or even big brands, you know, uh, depending on what you want to do. Uh, so let's look in the chat here and see if anyone has any questions about any of this stuff here. Um, uh, the chat's gone on and on and on. Okay, so Deirdre says, uh, is, it better, is it a better signal to Google for users to go through a site from their landing page but only spend a little time on landing page? Example, 20 seconds, but more time on site. Uh, or for them to spend more time on the landing page, et cetera, one to 20 minute, but less on the site. Um, I don't think that matters, Deidre. Um, SIA is tested and I have personally tested in a single variable experiment uh, time on page and we cannot prove it's a ranking factor of any way, shape or form. What matters is you satisfied the search. Now, the way the 2012 Panda patent is written, if they bounce around on your site on page to page to page going forward or going back and forth, that will reduce your overall quality score according to the 2012 patent. But I've never tested if that patent is actually being implemented in a controlled environment sense. So ideally, you'd have them do a search, click your result, convert on that first page, close the tab, or do a different search entirely. You terminate the search there. That would be ideal. But I think if they hopped from one page to the next, as long as they're not bouncing back to Google, and as long as you satisfied them and gave them what they wanted, I think that would be perfectly fine, in my opinion. What, what, what the rest of the folks here think? Yeah, I think it just depends on the purpose of the landing page. Um, so, if you have a long form landing page, it's going to your bounce rate is going to be lower. Uh, but if you're it's a landing page, you go to a form submit or a click the call button, uh, you're going to have a high bounce rate. So, um, I, I don't I really. I'm I'm with you and with the SIA testing. I don't think that that matters as much as the bounce back to the search results. Uh, I'm sure that either one of those setups you can try and just be a little bit careful. Um, Cause to me, if you're going to set up a landing page before they go to your site, was it called interstitial or some crap that mm -hmm. they call it nowadays? Uh, you know, those Google doesn't like too much. Um, so um, especially for mobile. So I'd be you know, a little bit weary of that. Um, Really, to me, I, I just I don't see why you would send them to a landing page and then to a main site, unless you're going to capture uh, a form submit, capture emails for later marketing. So that's what that's the only purpose I see you doing it. Uh, yeah, I mean, a lot of people uh, Google will choose to rank the index page for for many queries, many sites, yeah. and then you have to go to a product page. But if that's the way Google wants to do it, it's fine. If they really like your site and you. They will just either put your product page under your index page and or just replace your index uh, ranking with the product page. So you can kind of let Google decide in that case, I think. Yeah. Gintz asks, what do you think about more than one navigation in the source code, i.e. mobile slash desktop navigation for some WordPress themes are used even up to four navs, desktop, mobile, plus sticky nav. Uh, that's perfectly fine. That's just dividing your, your page rank more. But if it's going to the same pages, it, it, it's, it's all four divided by four is one. So it doesn't, it doesn't really matter uh, if, if you have more navigations, as long as uh, your mobile navigation, your desktop navigation are more or less the same. Remember, with the mobile first index, they're only indexing your mobile site. So they're only going to see the mobile navigation. And so if you don't have links to some of your pages in the mobile navigation, that's going to be a problem. They're not getting the same internal page rank. They're not getting crawled the same. And they're probably not going to rank the same. Yeah. And no, uh, uh, no follow the unimportant links of the navigation, especially if you're going to duplicate it out. And Google has proven time and time again that crappy web development ranks very, very well. Uh, not to be mistaken with broken web development, but uh, people who forget to put pagination on their comment threads and stuff tend to get the bonuses of that poor web development and 
So this is another case where if you have multiple navigations, you can easily get your match counts and link anchor text way up there really easily without scaring away your visitors. So it's, you know, I view it as poor web development that kind of exploits the algorithm. Cool. Okay. Yeah, um, this meeting, Ted, I've taken advantage of that. I, I used to be cussing out bad web developers. Now I love seeing it because after you have a conversation with Ted and how to leverage all that stuff and turn it into a, a positive versus a negative, uh, you can do some great things. Those are you can always do great things with Ted. <laughs> Ted, Ted, you can do. Ted is a great guy to do great things with. He is. Um, <laughs> that's a general rule of thumb. Uh, Bob Marks mentioned uh, to maybe do niches for ICO, so for initial coin offerings. Uh, to find uh, that that could that's an interesting idea. Let me just answer these other questions here, and I'll get back to that. That might be a great example to do because there's a lot of money in that right now too. Um, Holly asks. She could have asked it verbally, but she typed it in here. She says, do I know what SEMrush is basing their keyword difficulty on? Yeah, I asked Tyler about that, Holly, and it's just uh, based on links. So it's their own proprietary linking kind of their guess on like page authority. You know, it's their Moz equivalent. Uh, uh, I see that. Okay. Uh, yes, thank you for the video thumbs up. Uh, Dan Rock asks, Dan and I were discussing drinking bleach versus scotch earlier today. <laughs> it was a depressing conversation. And he said, is there going to be free scotch after this? Um, only if someone you know near you has free scotch. <laughs> I can type free scotch in the chat if that makes it any better. Uh, uh, Jeff asked, when using Fetch's Google, would you fetch desktop and mobile or just mobile? It doesn't matter, uh, Jeff. It depends. They're gonna. They're going to... Uh, uh, crawl the mobile version anyway. They'll they'll crawl the desktop version if you ask them to, but they're gonna they're gonna save that in the mobile index. If you have a mobile version uh, specified in your HTML, they're gonna replace that with the mobile version, kind of the way Hr hreflang works. So, uh, for example, if you crawl the index page, but they want they'll see you have an hreflang for all these other languages, they will keep that in the database as well in case someone is searching in German or French or those other languages. So it doesn't really matter unless you have a specific reason why you're doing that to to because you just updated this this version of the page or that version of the page. Excuse me. And also, Dshuda786 asks, can I use external link nofollow? Is this negative for SEO? Um, it's not as good as a dofollow link, but uh, we've tested and I've tested and nofollow links seem to pass a little bit of juice and give a little bit of a boost. So um, I've ranked uh, pages for affiliate products with one nofollow link. So yeah, and that, do what you want with that information. Yeah, Google does recommend you nofollow all affiliate links. Um, no, I, I mean I've, I've I've ranked pages. I've gone to sites that have high power and and I have nofollow outlinks and linked. I've done it with one link, uh, and ranked affiliate product review pages with just that one no follow link. So I know for a fact no follow is passing juice. So the party line is no follow. Does it pass no juice? I'm I call bullshit. I agree. I've tested it myself and SIA, Kyle's tested it as well. So you have three separate tests where we're sending no follow links to a page. Uh, at least I am and Kyle is in a controlled environment and they're going up. So oh. no, either I, it's a text mention passes juice and or the nofollow passes juice. I've also passed juice through a text mention, but it goes up for a while and goes back down. Kind of like a query deserves fresh, freshness kind of thing. Yeah, I, I agree too. All of my tests for nofollow say they pass juice. Yeah. So, I mean, if so here's a beautiful thing. So if you happen to be acquiring links through some kind of reciprocal uh, relationship in a guest posting kind of scenario, and they uh, they uh, charge you for a do follow link, and <laughs> yes, I pass juice on a regular basis, uh, all kinds of juice. Uh, if you if you've paid you for a, a do follow link and it's no follow, and they're going to refund all your money. Say thank you. In fact, you'll take all the free no follow links you you can get <laughs> because they still pass. They seem for us to pass juice, maybe not as much as a do follow, but they still pass juice. So I'll take free no follow links on a high profile blog any day. Uh, the only thing that doesn't pass any juice if that page is no indexed. So for example, TechCrunch uh, recently, I don't know if they switched this, but last time I checked, TechCrunch is, is not offering, they're offering a do follow link, but on a page that is no indexed. 
So um, that's that's not passing any juice at all whatsoever. Okay, so here's another good example. So somebody asked, uh, you know, ICO, what we could do for ICO. So here's the thing is like, if you wanted to use this method, you'd use it like this. You'd be like, you don't want to see just what ICO things are ranking. You might want to see, uh, you might want to try and, and figure out what kind of initial coin offerings are lucrative uh, that you might want to invest in. You could use this even for investing or you might want to rank for, you might want to be an affiliate for or that kind of a thing. So um, for those of you who don't know, initial coin offerings uh, are different kinds of coins like Bitcoin. Uh, so there's all different kinds of cryptocurrency, Bitcoin being the most popular. Uh, ICOs, as, unless I'm mistaken, I believe, refers to all the other kinds of coins that are being offered uh, uh, other than Bitcoin. And there, are, there is some money in here. You do have to watch out um, if you're trying to get into this space. There is no regulations right now. It's the wild, wild west. And so you might be throwing your money away or you might strike it rich and make a couple million dollars. If you're okay with that kind of gambling, then you could also just go to and play poker as well. I mean, if you've got really good at playing poker. Uh, so, but let's, so let's look into it. So let's see if we can use this method to try and find initial coin offerings uh, that, uh, and Holly says that she's into ICO big time and very big money in it for affiliate ranking affiliate stuff. So, I mean, if Holly's in it, uh, yeah, and, and yeah, and uh, Ted says pump and dump. What that means is that what what's illegal to do in stocks, they can still do in ICOs, is that uh, they can artificially inflate through marketing the value of one of these coins and get everyone ramped up and everyone to get into it and tell them to hold, right, or H-O-D-L, hodl, and keep that coin offering until all the cool people in the club uh, who've subscribed to this list, they say, okay, you know, cash out now, and they all cash out when it's high, and then then the, then the, then the uh, the 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 value plummets. That's illegal to do when it comes to stocks, and it's only a matter of time before uh, uh, the U.S. or some major world player decides to make that illegal. Uh, so uh, do it now, I guess. I don't. It's, it's all highly risky. I don't know enough about it to advise you, but obviously I've looked into it. All of us have looked into it, and that should tell you something. Before I get into showing you how I use SEM Rush to do this. That should tell you something that most of us here already know a lot about it. That should tell you something about a internet marketing being a two being an entrepreneur, three how to succeed in this business is that we're always looking for the next trick. We're always looking for the next niche and we're always ready to jump into it possibly. We've already done a risk assessment, uh, an ROI uh, calculation in our heads of whether we're going to get into it or not. Uh, that should tell you something about the psychology of an internet marketer, a good one, uh, and that kind of a thing. Okay, so how would I use SEMrush to maybe check this out? Okay, so the first thing I need to do is I need to find a big website that's ranking for a lot of ICO queries. So that's what I'm going to do here. I'm going to go and do, I'm just going to search ICO and uh, not show you a client side of mine. <laughs> uh, let's see here. What is, um, what, are the, what are the big sites here? I wonder if I could do Wikipedia. I wonder if I could check what Wikipedia is ranking for and then just tailor it to ICO. That probably wouldn't get me what I want. The other big site here apparently is ICO Alert. Let me use SERPWorks to see how big they are exactly. So this is what I would do. I'm going to go and see as soon as SEM Rush populates here, assuming it populates. I'm going to see who's ranking for the most keywords in this in this space, and then I'm going to reverse engineer them on SEMrush. So, of course, doing a live demo means this is not going to work. <laughs> oh, here they go, finally. Okay. Okay, so they're ranking for 10 million keywords, 279,000 keywords on ICO. Uh, they're ranking for 322. They're ranking for 16, uh, 259, 14,000. Uh, 14,000. Okay, so Google thinks this is the site here because it's listing it twice. Uh, ICO stats. Okay, so I could use Wikipedia. Let's just for shits and giggles, let's just use this website here and reverse engineer what SEMrush says about these guys. So I put them in here. I check to see what positions they're ranking for. If this doesn't work, I'll, I will try Wikipedia. Oh, hmm, they might be too new. Take the HTTPS out. Oh, there we go. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, <laughs> look at this. <laughs> well, I wonder if ICO is just recently, you know, if Bitcoin and everything has just recently gone off the charts. So we have 139,000 keywords. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. And you were just interested in ICO. So I would tailor this by ICO. Or initial coin offerings. That doesn't also include the uh, the acronym. Will will disinclude the the full initial coin offering phrase, though. So okay, so uh, we'll different see different kinds of ICOs here, and then again, I could do my kind of stuff. I could limit it here. I'm not going to limit it here at all because we don't have very many keywords here. I'm just going to save it to Excel. And wait for it to come down into Excel, and see if I can get my uh, my trend to work. Actually, the, the the trend, the hot year trend, doesn't matter because we know it's hot right now, so I don't even need to see what's hot or not. Uh, it's all going to be hot. So as soon as this comes down to Excel, I will share it. Yes. Okay. Okay. So let's work with the Excel here a bit, and it's pretty simple. So here we see the Excel. So again, I don't care about the timestamp, and I'm going to get rid of the trends as well. Oh, if I do this in the actual Excel file, it'll be better, and not try and do it in the video. Delete that. I don't necessarily want traffic and cost. I don't care what they're ranking for per se. I don't care uh, that about that. All I I don't even care about the competition. All I care about, can you actually bid on uh, initial coin offerings in AdWords? I don't think you can. Well, I have some people here bidding on it, so I'll use it. Okay, so all I have to do is highlight this, Command Shift down arrow to get the whole thing, Command T on Mac to get a table. That'd be Control L in, uh, in Windows, I believe. And here, now I have, I just want to do my SEO score. And I want to say, okay, tell me what is the, oops, the uh, search volume times CPC divided by keyword difficulty. And the only problem here is that if you have a zero, it's not going to give me good results. So I want to do this. I want to replace zero with 0 0.1. Place all. Boom. No, that's not what I want to do. Meh. No, no. Go back. Yeah, what I want to do is just in here. <laughs> that's what I want to do. Replace 0 with 0 0.1. Replace all. There we go. Okay, close. So that's going to give me an actual score. Uh, why did it do that? Oh, <laughs> this is why you don't do these things live, because I'm thinking about talking <laughs> at the same time. No, that's not going to work, because I can't just replace zero. So uh, uh, all right, so who cares? I'm not going to play with that right now. I would need to think about what I'm doing. But this is going to tell you uh, what's going on here. And again, you can try and you can make it pretty by adding the data bars, the search volumes. Okay, Puerto Rico, I don't want that. And again, you're gonna have to clean it up. You're gonna get some stuff that might not make any sense. So ICO, of course, is the, the main keyword. Now, so then we have a Tezos ICO, that's the, so if you want to find out what the best ICOs were to go for, to just start looking at them, this is what this, this process will tell you. If this is a special initial coin offering, then this is a good one. Uh, it, people are, it's got a higher bid here. It's relatively easy to rank for. Um, not as easy as upcoming ICO. Look how easy that is to rank for according to Google. So if you want to do upcoming ICO, that uh, to rank for that, it's got good search volume. 
super easy to rank for, and some people are bidding on it. So here's a, a great keyword. If this is an initial coin offering that you might want to rank for and have an affiliate thing for, that's a great one. That's a great one. Uh, again, upcoming ICOs is, is uh, easy as well. Look how easy it is to rank for some of these because it's new. This is why you want to get on a niche when it's new. Uh, so that's fantastic. And this is how you would find it. So EOS, ICO, that's a good one as well. If I just want to see what people are bidding on the most, uh, Floyd Weather, ICO. Does Mayweather have his own ICO? He does, doesn't he? I thought I saw that on Jimmy Kimmel. Uh, New Mexico colleges. See, why is that in there? Because ICO is part of Mexico. You can't, you can't have Mexico without ICO. Puerto Rico national debt. Empire, Empire Coin ICO is the one that's getting the most bids. It doesn't have the highest search volume, but it's pretty easy to rank for. E Corp, uh, and then some uh, uh, knowledge-based ones. So that you know that should I mean if this is not making you horny, if this is not turning you on, if this is not turning your crank, uh, getting making your mouth salivate with mm, all the money you can make by ranking for these keywords. Those were some choice keywords right there that are making a lot of money. Well. The uh, the comment in the uh, forum is that most of the ones you found were popular, but they're already done. So would oh. you have any tricks for getting the ones that aren't done? Yeah, that 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 if you if you look at the trends on on SEM Rush, that's where that you're going to find that information. It was really big last year, but it, it trickled down. That's where you have to find that information. Um, I use what you did. I think what what he's saying is. I would use what you did to generate and create my authority site and go after those ones that are easy and start building my traffic up. Mm -hmm. And then you're just going to have to actually go into the legwork and go to the real ICO sites that are actually publishing new updated stuff and see if you can get some insights uh, for the new stuff that's coming out and get those jump on those early yep. uh, using your, your research method. So. Yeah, this is, I mean, this is super lucrative. Uh, what we're telling you right now, Literally, someone listening to this could very easily make a lot of money doing what, what we're talking about right now. So, you, Clint, you're entirely right. So, you could rank for the easy ones that are already done and don't even put an affiliate code on them. And you're just giving away free information on a great site. Google's going to love to rank that. And then, once Google trusts you as a quality site, every new page you put up, they're going to rank immediately, right? You know, you have a high quality. That's how you know you have a high quality site that Google trusts, that Google likes, because you put a page up and they rank it immediately. So, um, and then you put your affiliate code into these new pages on the new ICO pages that you know are, are running. So SEM Rush is not, it is great for finding existing niches and the trend, the, the year trend thing there will tell you how hot it is per year. And if it was hot in January and it goes down and now it's going down. That's the only problem is that jumping on niches like ICOs or like SI berries or like whatever is new on Dr. Oz or those kinds of things, they're flash in the pans. They, they get really popular and then they're gone. But you could use what Clint said here, which was a very brilliant suggestion, is you could build an authority site out, a big authority site out, and get Google to already like your site and already trust your site. And on the old ones that no one's trying to rank for anymore either, and just providing information about what it was and then that's gone already. Uh, but here, but, you know, at the bottom you would have lead-ins like, oh, we have these new ICOs you should be checking out and links to your new ones. They would click on it and go there. And then they would. They, then you can make your affiliate commission, and you just you just keep following it every day. You go to the to the, the to the site that has a new one. You you put the new ones on there. You make your affiliate commission, and you keep moving on. That I mean that that be a uh, that would be a very lucrative uh, project right there. Um, uh, yeah, and that's such a new space. Actually, even if ten people off this video decide to do that, there'd probably be enough money to go around that you probably make some good money and get some good rankings. It would dilute it, of course, but but someone asked me publicly about this one, so I talked about it. If somebody emailed me personally, I probably wouldn't have told anyone about it and probably would be doing it myself. Okay, so that's about time we have for the show, folks. Uh, uh, Clint, Ted, Holly, do you guys have any final statements, any final questions? No, it was good. It was a good show today. I hope you guys learned a lot and take what Josh showed you and actually implement it. 
yeah, it's no good me just talking about it. <laughs> if, if you don't do it, <laughs> then it's no good. Yeah. But I want I wanted to make this point. Again, uh, you should make another observation here that, you know, I'm getting really excited looking at these niches and all of us are going, hmm, and our mouths are starting to water because we see the money. We see, we know how to recognize when a niche is good, when the keywords are good, when the competition is low, when the CPC is higher. This, I, I use the word, the adjective horny, Forgive me for using that adjective, but quite frankly, as an internet marketer, as an entrepreneur, you should be getting a little horny right now. You should be like, "Ooh, this is great!" You know, you should be getting excited. If you're not, if your mouth is not salivating at these niches and the, the potential money you can make, internet marketing is probably not the niche for you, or probably not the job for you, right? Because you need that hunger to succeed. If you don't have that hunger, you probably won't get out of bed and do it because it's pretty arduous at the same time. Now, that it, if you're an in-house SEO at some place, well, obviously that, that's totally different. You're just doing SEO for these guys, that's fine. Or you know, if, if, you're, if, you're, if you do SEO consulting, you don't do affiliate staff or, or niche staff, okay, well, that's, that's fine too. Uh, but, but you know what I mean, like if I, I, get, I get five emails a week of people asking me, Josh, I need to make money online, I wanna work for myself, please, how, how do I make money online? Blah, blah, blah. This is how, guys, this is how, this is all the, this is, Niche selection is one of the most important components of that because that's where you're going to get your commissions. That's where you know your your SEO competition. It's 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 doing a SWOT analysis for a business is the most important part. SWOT, of course, stands for strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. If you haven't done a good SWOT analysis for your business, your business is liable to fail. And so, if you're not getting excited by these niches, dude, you're probably in the wrong <laughs> your wrong area, right? Uh, you maybe you just want to go work for somebody else who does get excited by this so they can do that work and you can just do the in-house SEO. Do you guys think that's a fair statement or do you think I'm being my regular jerkish self? Well, I, I think you have to broaden it. So, you know, if if ICOs aren't your thing and they might be too risky or too complicated mm -hmm. for you, that's fine. Of but course. a lot of these techniques could apply to just like getting new customers in your area. Yep. You know, so you got to be excited about something that makes you money and you got to keep pushing that forward. Or you won't make any money. <laughs> it's, it's that simple. Yeah, I agree. You're, you're absolutely right, Ted. I agree. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't have to be ICOs. I mean, there's a reason why I haven't bought into to ICOs and I'm guessing Ted hasn't either because it is super risky right now. Uh, if I had, I had a, a couple of hundred thousand to gamble a few years ago. I made a documentary film with it. That's what I did. I gambled in the documentary film. I could have put that money into Bitcoin and I wouldn't be here right now. <laughs> I'd be a millionaire. I'd be like, see you guys. Good luck. See you later. There'd be a, a smoke outline of me. I'd be gone. So, so what? what's the word on, on that uh, documentary coming out? When will we see it? Well, I'm glad you asked, Ted. No, I wasn't. I wasn't doing that to plug the movie. Uh, I'm going to be releasing it uh, myself on iTunes, and I'll be releasing it after some legwork I have to do to uh, make sure it's uh, it's done properly. Let's just put it that way. I have some some uh, some T's to dot and some I's to cross, or whatever the however the metaphor goes. But I'll be releasing it uh, myself within uh, probably a month or so. So you will be able to see it. It'll be released to the world. And uh, it's a good film, uh, and I'm hoping it'll make a splash, especially now that a lot of people are making the regulate Facebook noise and regulate Google noise. That's exactly what I said years ago in my TEDx talk and exactly what I've said in my documentary. So I'm well-timed uh, now with it, and so I'll be releasing that. And you'll be able to watch it yourself very, very soon. And I've also had a number of people asking me. I just got back from a conference. And they're wondering uh, what's the word on white hat versus black hat. That's another good question. Um, the word is is I've been super busy trying to get stuff going, and so I haven't gotten on the conference yet. If you folks uh, definitely want uh, the white hat versus black hat conference, uh, we did it last year in Victoria. If you guys want us to do it again, uh, say so in the chat, say so in the comments. If you're looking forward to the white hat versus black hat conference, uh, I will probably be doing it. Uh, uh, if want, if people really want to do it, I'll do it. Uh, uh, it's, it's a great conference. It's, it's a fantastic event. It's great to come down and everyone to hang out. Uh, and, uh, it's a great thing. It's just, it's, you know, it's a fair amount of work and I had some, uh, some, some stuff come up and some life stuff come up. And so I'm kind of, I'm juggling, I'm juggling a million balls right now. And so if you guys really want us to do the conference and want to come down and meet me and meet some of these folks here on the panel uh, and, uh, learn the really good, the stuff that we can't say on camera. You want if you want to learn the, learn the secret stuff we can't say on camera, 
say so in the chat, say so in the comments, and uh, it'll twist my arm and make me make sure I, I get that conference planned and and going for this year. Yeah, well, you said you juggle balls, so I'm sure there's not much we can't say now. I'm <laughs> <laughs> juggling crayons, is what I'm saying. <laughs> Okay, so that's the show for this week. Thanks very much, folks. If you have any questions about anything we talked about, ask it in the comments. Uh, email me at joshbashinsky at gmail.com. If you're interested in the White Hat versus Black Hat Conference, if you want to know more about niches and stuff, that I, we can help find niches and, and get stuff working for you. Uh, if you uh, if you want to ask me about SEO questions, you want to ask me questions about my movie, you want to ask questions about the painting back here or how I get my hair to do this, whatever questions you have you want to ask, you can email me and ask at joshbachinsky at gmail.com. i like to thank Clint, Holly, and Ted for being on the show this week. And uh, uh, unless you guys have something final you want to say, uh, good luck in the SERPs, and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. All, All right. right. See you later, folks. Email me if you have any questions.